Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Robert Zimmerman back with us, award-winning science journalist and space historian. He has written numerous books and articles on science engineering and the history of space exploration and technology. And he, of course, also reports on science, space, culture, politics at his website, BehindTheBlack.com. Robert, welcome back, my friend. How are you? I'm just fine, George. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk to your your vast and most educated audience. Thank 53 you. years since we first went to the moon. 53. Yeah, yeah, 53 years. Where did the time fly? <laughs> well, for you and I, we, uh, well, maybe not. Maybe you're younger than I think, but I remember when it happened and growing up at the time. And uh, what was absolutely expected in the 60s when this happened was that by the year 2000, which, by the way, is 20-plus years ago, almost a quarter century ago, but by the year 2000, we would have uh, colonies on the moon, on Mars, or at least, if not on Mars, close to getting it on Mars. We would be... uh, Beginning the settlement of the solar system, there'd be really exciting things going on. The possibility of a of a pioneer environment in outer space was was on the verge. That's what everyone thought was going to happen. And here we are, 53 years later, and except for those five or six, I forget actually, five or six lunar uh, Apollo landings, nobody has been back to another world since. And it's kind of disappointing in a sense. Uh, I, I will say that uh, the the future is very bright, but it is astonishing that 53 years later uh, there has not been established uh, in other worlds uh, human settlements uh, and this exploration of the solar system. Yeah, it is. It's it's bizarre. I mean, we concentrated on the International Space Station and some sh- shuttle missions, but that was it. That was it. Yeah. We have been uh, we have been like the ancient mariners who were afraid to go out beyond the shoreline. They hugged the coast because they feared out there there be monsters and they would be uh, in danger. 
And of course, fear is always the mind killer, as Frank Herbert said in Dune. Uh, if you don't, if you have fear, you can't accomplish anything. And uh, we, I think, have been afraid for the last 50 years. And that, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness, is finally beginning to change and change in a really spectacular way in the last, I'd say, 10 years. Uh, uh, we're now looking at what could be a renaissance, not only in American uh, engineering and uh, aerospace, its aerospace industry, but a renaissance in the exploration of the solar system. Because for the first time since the 60s, we're seeing very great and exciting innovation going on in the uh, in the commercial rocket industry. And and that, of course, lowers the cost, which means suddenly there's a lot of things going on. And by gosh, there are a lot of things going on. For example, George, just a few days ago, a private company who was building engines for uh, planetary missions, they don't, and their goal isn't to actually fly planetary missions, but to fly engines and tugs to take planetary missions to other places. They announced that they've hired another rocket startup called Relativity uh, to to launch their own private commercial mission unmanned to Mars by 2024. Company is called Impulse Space. The guy who founded it was the head engineer of SpaceX's rocket engine wow. program. He he was the key man developing the Merlin, the Draco, the Super Draco, and the Raptor engines that SpaceX uses on its rockets and capsules. And he, he left SpaceX a few years ago to form his own company. And th their goal w was to build tugs that would provide planetary missions, transportation to and from various uh, places in the solar system. But in order to establish himself, uh, that company, and get some publicity, they announced they're going to do their own planetary mission. And I think that's just, whether theirs goes or not, I don't think it's, it matters. It's just uh, it's just symbolic of what I expect to happen more and more in the coming decades. Uh, we're going to have a private commercial lunar lander launch in November. We have two rovers on it, two rovers, one private, and the other one uh, financed and built by the United Arab Emirates. Interesting. It's all private. And this is just the beginning. It'll get more exciting as we go. So we're looking at a, a, rena a, a renaissance uh, about to appear. It's a little late in coming, but I think the Apollo mission in, uh, in 69, uh, no matter how delayed it has been, it has set the stage it set the it rose the curtain on what we're about, we're about to see now. How dangerous was the Apollo 11 mission? I mean, uh, by the Apollo 11 mission, they probably considered their odds better. But uh, as a general rule, they considered those missions to have a success possibilities of about 50-50. Jeez, those aren't good odds right, one, for me. One and two. That's right. Yes, they, they, the odds were probably actually better than that. But at the time, they hadn't done this before, and especially with the first mission. I wrote the book, uh, Genesis Story of Apollo 8, about the first mission to go to the moon. And there was no doubt in anyone's mind at that moment that the odds of this mission succeeding is no more than 50-50. And uh, they flew anyway. They went anyway. And the later Apollo missions... Uh, they they went with the uh, understanding that the odds were probably very very low, 
and uh, you had to go with the understanding you might you not come back. I remember Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell was a friend of our show, Robert, and uh, he talked about all kinds of incredible things. I remember Buzz Aldrin, they couldn't launch the lunar lander back up because his gloves was too were too big to reach into the button. They had to use a Bic pen. The number of stories about that that went on in all of space history are pretty are pretty astonishing, both American and uh, Russian. Uh, the the fact that when Neil Armstrong landed that thing on the moon, there's a there's a, the the quote that came out of Mission Control right after he landed was there's a whole bunch of guys turning blue here, and at the time there was no explanation for why they said that. It was assumed, oh, they're just nervous. Nervous, yeah. It wasn't that. It was that Neil Armstrong, being as cool-headed as he was, was searching for a good landing spot, even though all the data on the ground said he was about to run out of fuel. They figured later on that he probably only had about 15 seconds worth of fuel left when he put the thing down. Uh And the ground control, they had sensors. They knew that was going on, and that's why they were turning blue. And Neil Armstrong, you know, being the cool-headed guy. Cool and collected. Did his job. Isn't it amazing Buzz Aldrin still with us? It, it is quite amazing, and uh, bless his heart, he's going to they put they they are they're going to have an auction of a lot of his lunar um, uh, artifacts from his own collection in the near future, and I hope he makes a lot of money because you know it deserves it, and that's a good way to save and protect a lot of that stuff. Actually, what what do you feel, Robert, about these people who say we didn't go to the moon? Oh. Uh, well, having been a historian who has interviewed a lot of astronauts as well as a lot of astronaut wives and children. Not and people employees, who go, people who risk their lives to get there? The people who risked all watching their husbands go. And later on, by the way, their wives go as well. I've interviewed a lot of astronauts in my time and their families and I always get kind of, and you probably, you might remember how indignant I've gotten in the past when people bring this up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I know people who died to do this, and I know the people they left behind for after they died to do this. And it's kind of shameful. And it's also shameful from another perspective, which is this, this was one of the great achievements of America. Of all time. Of all time. And of all time, but of our nation in particular. And for Americans to try to denigrate that great achievement speaks speaks really badly of the people who are doing it. It it sounds all right. So what that's really telling me is you yourself don't think you can achieve great things. So rather than trying to great do something great, you'd rather um, discredit the great things that others in the past have done. And I find that's kind of shameful and unfortunate. Um, Fortunately, I think most people don't don't buy into that, and uh, they 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 recognize how great an achievement this was. They're proud of it, and they would love to see America do more things like that. I do too. We started talking about this incident: drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. 
There's no way that that guy's the doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What's going on with China these days? China has, uh, right now, in many ways, uh, the most robust manned space program in the world. They are building their uh, own private, their own, not private, their own governmental space station. In fact, this coming weekend, they're going to launch the uh, the third module on that station. They will launch the next module later this summer, and that will complete the construction of the station itself. They hope to have it up there for a minimum of 10 years. Um, that launch this weekend is going to be interesting from a space junk perspective. The rocket they use to put that uh, uh, that these big modules up for the station is called the Long March 5B. In the previous, like, four launches that this rocket did, the core stage, which is basically uh, the central stage, that, get, that the first central stage, it actually reaches orbit. And it's big. It's so big that when it comes back down to Earth, it's big enough it reaches the ground. It crashes. 
they did not have engines on that core stage that could restart. So once it reaches orbit and turns its engines off and, de- and uh, releases the module or the station, the thing basically is going to fall back to Earth within a week or so. And when it does, it's going to crash, and it's going to do it uncontrolled. And that happened like three so, or four So it could be anywhere, previous. crash any place, right? Any place. In fact, the last two... The one of the last two came within 15 minutes of landing over the metropolitan New York area. Oh my God! Yes, absolutely. It ended up crashing in the Atlantic off of Africa, but if it had been just a little bit later, it would have come around and it could have landed on New York. It was right over its orbital path would have taken it right over it. So that's the question. This next launch is going to use the same rocket. And if the Chinese haven't made any upgrades in about a week or so, George, you are going to be reporting in your more, more in your first news report about how this core stage is tumbling in orbit and could come down anywhere. Anywhere. The question is whether they have upgraded the engines, and I've gotten some source information that suggests they have. But stand by, because we won't know until next week whether or not the Chinese will be sending something to crash down on, on, on someone's head somewhere. Would the Chinese, if they continue to go to the moon, try to claim it for themselves? Uh, the Chinese claim that they would not do that. And I, they won't claim the moon, the whole thing. But the Chinese have made it very, very clear that any territory or base or thing they put on the moon or anywhere else, they are going to possess it. They were going to own it. Now, actually, to be honest, that's not unreasonable. No, I mean, if they build a little... If a private company did it, we'd want to own it as well. True. The Outer Space Treaty doesn't allow anyone to own anything, but everyone who's going to go is going to claim and control what they put down. And the Chinese have made it very clear they intend to do that, and they have made it very clear, and they, without question, have a very robust space program that in many ways is ahead of us for getting back to the moon. And because of that, it's very likely that you're going to see Chinese astronauts on the moon, sometimes in places such as historic Apollo sites. And we will not be able to do anything about that. They are mostly going to be aiming for the south pole of the moon, where we think there's ice. Everyone wants to go there. That's the beachfront property on the moon. So the first people who get there are going to be able to get dibs on it. And uh, the Chinese are ahead of us at this point. Would they be tacky enough to pull our flags out of the moon soil? I suspect they wouldn't do that. I suspect, once again, they're going to aim for the South Pole where the resources are probably located, claim control of it, and then prevent anyone from coming in. If they went to an Apollo site, the the, the goal would be to establish good public relations and good publicity for their nation. And so to do any harm to those sites would not reflect well on China. So I wouldn't expect them to do anything. But that they are doing things like that, are, they're on the moon and we're not, is, is going to be, from my perspective, uh, distressing and somewhat embarrassing. What I'm amazed at, Robert, is we were 50 years ahead of people, yes. 50 years ahead of other countries, and they've all caught up with us now. That's our own fault. 
And it's changing now, and I'll tell you how it's changing. It's changing remarkably, and I've talked about this on your show, and I've written about it in my books, and I write about it every day on my website. I keep track of launches. Um, uh, What the U.S. did for the last 50 years, we copied, copied the Soviet Union after the Apollo mission and decided to make a government program, which everything is run by the government. The government dictates everything. And the result was innovation died, creativity died, competition died, Profit disappeared. It wasn't a motive anymore. And so what happened? We didn't accomplish anything. Just like the Soviet Union didn't accomplish anything. Just like Venezuela has gone bankrupt. Such like every communist nation has ever gone. If you do a Soviet-style government top-down thing, it doesn't work. What's happened in the last decade and a half, and I have documented this uh, in both my books and my writing, is that the United States has finally transitioned away from a government program. What instead is happening now, even if NASA has a program such as Artemis to go back to the moon and elsewhere, NASA is not building or designing or creating anything to make that happen. Instead, they are hiring private companies to do it. So what ends up happening then is that there's competition in the private sector to come up with cheaper and better ways to do this stuff. And and SpaceX, of course, led the way with the rocket industry because they came up with a better rocket that was cheaper to launch, and it made everybody else look bad. And it also, what it did is it, it, it encouraged innovation. It brought innovation into the industry. And so that has resulted now in a a reborn space industry, rocket industry, and that has resulted in in a reborn uh, American space industry because now you've got creative new projects going, such as the one I mentioned already, uh, George, that Impulse Space Relativity Mission to Mars. Right. They, it launches it cheaper. There are companies now trying to make it even cheaper than SpaceX does. And so what ends up happening is there's, there's new achievement and we're going someplace. And so right now, at this moment in time, SpaceX has matched the number of launches it accomplished all of last year. And it did it in just over half a year this year. They're going to probably double their record from last year. And American private enterprise at this moment in time has more launches at this moment this year than the rest of the world combined. Remember when we were kids, Robert, we all wanted to be astronauts. All of us. Yep. 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 Is they, are they doing that anymore? Do kids, younger kids say they want to be astronauts? I don't think so. I think, uh, I think you, yes, you do have people who do that. Yes, I think that's absolutely the case. I do think, uh, however, you're going to have, uh, you don't have as many kids doing it. It is not marketed any longer as the thing to do for every kid everywhere, and it's not the number one thing in the society. But yeah, I think without question, kids today, a lot of kids today, a large percentage of the population among the younger generation wants to do this. Remember, space still represents the future. And if you're young, that's your future. And so kids are going to be attracted by the possibilities of getting into space. And this new renovation in American rocketry and space is only uh, encouraging that right now without any doubt at all. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. 
from Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.